welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Aaron. Hi. I was just shimmying. I am tired this morning. I know. You told me you were coming to work in a trash bag because you're a garbage person. Yeah. That's accurate. You're not, but wearing a garbage bag. I kind bag. of am, though. Not, I mean, it's a nice looking one if that's what you think you're <laughs> One of those fancy, like, like <laughs> expanding ones that smell like Febreze, maybe. Ooh, ooh, one of those. Yeah, one of those. So you're like upscale garbage is yeah. what you're saying? I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, why do you feel like garbage? Um, I just got back from a weekend in Seattle, Ooh. and I I went on an eat, pray, eat, and I <laughs> ate so much food. Oh, I just my gut hates me. What was your favorite thing you ate? Mm. Oh, I don't even know. So everything I had steak, I mm. had mashed potatoes, I had lobster mac and cheese. <gasps> Ooh, I had rich. Uh, what else? I had Cheesecake Factory the <gasps> first night. You know what? People like to shit on the Cheesecake Factory. Guess Everything who loves is it? Good. Everything is good. It's and so that cheesecake, weird. So good. You know what's not great at the Cheesecake Factory though? The forty-seven page menu. Yeah. Why is it so long? Nobody. Nobody needs it. Nobody, Nobody needs, needs it. that many options. I always get the same thing too. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, like once a year, maybe Eric will just look at me and be like. Want to go to Cheesecake Factory? Uh, did you yeah. know the original one is in Beverly Hills? No, I didn't know that was the OG. Yeah, before it franchised. That's where um, it started. I don't know what else I had. I'm blanking, but I ate a lot. Mm. And I'm trying to recover. Is that what you're fangirling over? Your food journey? No, I have good things to fangirl Ooh, okay. Over. Tell me. First, last night I saw The Quiet Place. Ooh. Tell me about it. I'm kind of intrigued by I, it. Yeah. It's a genuinely good movie. Really? I cried twice. <gasps> what? Like out of fear or emotion? Emotion. Oh. Wasn't um, expecting that. But it is a scary movie, so it's I'm I'm not spoiling anything by saying this, but uh-huh. there are like creatures there that are drawn to sound. Therefore, you must be quiet. So like how much of the movie is actually just quiet? A lot of it, which made me mad because everyone's like touching their popcorn oh, yeah, bags so loud. and like clearing their throat and sniffling. I'm like, go home. <laughs> You're sick. You knew People. what you were getting into. It's called The Quiet Place. <laughs> it's pretty quiet. Question um, Did you use your movie pass to go to The I Quiet did. Place? I did. It was my first movie pass movie. Oh, so exciting. It was weird, but it worked. Huh. Well, great. Um, I really liked it, though. I, w- I liked it much more than I thought I would. I thought it would just be a fun, scary movie. Yeah. But mm-hmm. There were a couple things I didn't like. Well, they were fine. It just bothered me a bit. Mm-hmm. Was that the creature kind of reminds me of the Demogorgon in Stranger Things. Uh, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. the daughter in it. This See, this wouldn't bother anyone else. The I'm daughter pumped. in it. Is wearing a specific turtleneck okay. in like over half the movie that I know is from shopcamp.com. Okay. From a Stranger Things collection. <gasps> it's the Nancy turtleneck. Uh, and I was like, what are these Stranger Things connections that only I'm noticing? Yeah. What's I almost set you a Shopcamp t shirt this weekend because I was like, I think you need it. And then I realized that you'd already probably seen it. And so I didn't need to send probably. it to you. They don't. They don't update the shop enough. Yeah, for my liking. It was like the rainbow one. But it's a one. small company. Yeah, it's like the full like rainbow and the the whole back of it's red. In case you don't know, Shop Camp focuses on clothing that looks like seventies, eighties camp, like yeah. summer camp, mm-hmm. which is my dream. It's like what American Summer. Yes, the collection. Yeah, essentially, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing we have to talk about. It's kind of late to talk about it now, I guess. Okay. But Beyonce's Coachella performance. Blew my brains out. I mean, we're going into season to season to weekend too. So yeah, I, mean, she, I can't. The show is so spectacular. I can't believe she's doing it again. Do you think she's going to do anything different though? Probably for this weekend because she's Beyonce. Because 
Okay, so Destiny's Child, Jay-Z, and Solange all came out. Yes. I don't know if all of them will come out again. Right. Because it's not going to be a surprise. So maybe she's going to mix it up. What? If she brings out Gaga and they do telephone, I would will, you lose your goddamn I will mind? stab myself in the eye and Because, <laughs> right, they've never done it together publicly, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean... This I can't even. You watched it's it like on your iPad, right? You, yeah, like, I watched it in the hotel in Seattle, all almost two hours of it. And I thought I would just kind of see what was going on and go to sleep. But I was so into it. It was one of the best shows I've ever been to. And I was not there. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It was amazing. So I haven't watched it because I, I have a reverence for it. I need to sit down and watch the whole thing. I don't want to just like watch the highlights on YouTube. I want to watch it. And so maybe I'll do it this weekend and I'll just actually like watch it yeah. weekend too. Because I do feel like she knows that she needs to bring it again and that she's going to do something different. Yeah. It. Guys, if you can watch it anywhere, do it. Where did you watch it? Did you I stream wa- it? Yeah, yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. Coachella has a live stream. Um, uh, what are you fangirling over? Well, I don't have anything that great. I have a couple of uh, miscellaneous things. Miscellaneous item number one. Um, I'm very into this podcast called Business Wars. Sounds boring. Not. Yep. The first series of it is Netflix versus Blockbuster. So just Love. right there. Yeah, it's all businesses like going head to head. The second was Nike versus Adidas. Then it was DC versus Marvel. Um, Now they're doing like Beats versus some other headphones company. I don't know. Will they Um, do Tamagotchi versus Gigapet? You know, we could make that suggestion. They are open to- Gigapet? I don't know. They're open to suggestions, so we could make that suggestion. I want to know like VHS versus Betamax because all I want to hear is them talk about how porn Porn. made VHS a thing. Um, But it's very interesting. They're usually only six episodes. They're 30 minutes. They're perfect to like run to. The guy's voice is like a little over-dramatized for my liking, but it kind of works with the Mm -hmm. situation. Um, And I'm just – he kind of geeks out about stuff and I'm I'm very into it. What did you learn in the Netflix blockbuster one? Oh, man, I've learned so many things. Well, first of all, I had a bunch of friends that worked at Blockbuster Online, which was, mm-hmm. like, a direct competitor. And really— a, I, di- I used it. Yeah, and it was kind of a direct reaction to Netflix, not even, like, a competitor. And not and so much so a reaction that they just basically copied the entire site, Netflix site, and just reskinned it in yellow and blue. But the Blockbuster people sent in spies to the Netflix distribution center posing as Netflix— like fans essentially would be like is this where I return my DVD like oh what's going on in there and they would straight up like spy movie take photos of the distribution center because that's where they thought that's what they thought was like the ingenuity behind Netflix Mm -hmm. and not actually the algorithm and the data and all that stuff um so I learned that and it really became Netflix versus HBO and what I thought was so interesting is that when you think about Netflix Netflix is essentially HBO. So what HBO did, HBO started in the 60s. What? Bet you didn't know that in like a small-ass little town. Grew in the 70s and 80s. Um, and so essentially HBO built its back on other people's kind of shitty content until they had enough subscriber volume where they could then start to make their own content that was very good and then got all this critical acclaim for it. And now they're HBO. Netflix basically did the exact Whoa. same thing. I know. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, right. Um, but it was very interesting. And the Adidas versus Nike, I learned that the people who ran Adidas and Puma were brothers that no longer spoke. Right? Oh. Like the one brother was like, screw you, and then started Puma. 
I mean, I learned stuff about Nike watching episode two of Wild Wild Country. <laughs> I know. I mean, right? That, by the way, I cannot use the, have I told you this? I can't use the um, praying emoji anymore without thinking about Wild Wild Country. <laughs> Every single time I'm like, it's Osho. Um, and then the other thing I'm fangirling over is it's the final season of New Girl. Um, and I watched the first episode. There are only going to be eight episodes. And I'm going to be sad when yeah. it's over. You think? I do. I really... We talked about this, I think, in our friendship episode. They do so well in duos where it's like it's very fun to see like Winston and Cece or Schmidt and Nick or Jess and Nick or, you know, any sort of combination of two people. And I actually really like Allie, who's uh, she's now married to Winston because they leapt the in, character. Yes. And they leapt into the future. So it's three. It's a very Parks and Rec situation. It's three years in the future, um, and I don't know. I just the show's charming. There's not really anything else like it on television right now. Will Megan right Fox now. return? Great question. I really liked the Megan Fox episode. I have not seen any of her. She. Episodes. I was expecting nothing, nothing, and she was very funny. I'm sorry. Have you seen her work in Mary Kate and Ashley's <laughs> Holiday in the Sun? I'm so sorry. She's a star. I have not. Uh, but yeah, she was very funny to the point I know where uh, Zoe Deschanel was like kind of pissed because I think they like rose in ratings. First of all, she's a babe. So people are just watching, yeah. tuning into that babedom. But uh, <laughs> she was very funny. I really appreciated it. I really liked it. Um, so yeah, all in all, I'm going to be sad when it's over. But it's on to Greener pastures, I guess. I'm yeah. sure it's syndicating somewhere. And then Brooklyn Nine-Nine might get canceled. I don't want to talk about do? it. Okay. I'm Whoa. so upset. I was talking about it yesterday, and then I watched – I have one episode to get caught up. It is such a funny show, and it is so upsetting to me that people haven't watched it and are not watching it enough to keep it on the air. Again, I need to remind myself it's had five seasons, over 100 episodes. It's okay. But – it but just, is it? It is based. It is very much following the model of Parks and Recreation. Yes. When it goes off the air, people are going to be like devastated, and it's going to become this sort of culty classic. And I watched it the whole time. Watched Parks and Rec the whole time. Feel like I'm on the cutting edge here. And then people are going to be like, "It's my favorite show." No, you didn't support it when it was on. <laughs> I'm so upset. I love it's it your so much. fault. It's your fault. I'm just going to yell at people. I will say, on I the watched street. this. I think this week had two episodes, it did. but one of them had a really funny cold open with a Backstreet Boys song, and I, <laughs> I haven't loved seen that. it. I haven't seen that one. I did see the one with the pigeon. Um, okay. That's all I'm fangirling over. Do we have any other lot. miscellaneous things? Mm-hmm. I know. I thought I had nothing to fangirl over, and then I realized I was very passionate yeah. about some things. Uh, go see The Quiet Place. I recommend it. Oh, I, one more thing. I will say, I would not last in this trying to be quiet around these monsters. Oh, like, yeah? I just kept thinking nervous diarrhea would get me killed. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we need to be sponsored by Imodium. Um, and it's John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, right? Yes. Did they write it together? Or? Um, he rewrote the story, oh. and then he directed it. It's his first movie. Gotcha. And then Emily Blunt stars in it and she is great really yeah i really like emily blunt actually Mm -hmm. i'm actually kind of looking forward to mary poppins yeah i'm really curious i feel bad because i love the original mary poppins but i'm kind of into it i just need to know if julie andrews approves and then i will watch it oh yeah i watch it anyway yeah but but you you want the queen's blessing is basically what you're saying (laughs) i'm i'm nice trash i will watch it (laughs) perfect on that segue so guys we gave you the highs we gave you the lows the lows. It's funny. The lows. I feel like we got a lot of good feedback on the lows, and like people wanted to cry. People wanted to feel. 
Oh, should we have just a cry series? <gasps> Maybe. Let's cry together. Let's cry together. I got a couple of text messages from friends that were like, well, crying, listening to Candle in the Wind. Like people <laughs> people didn't didn't know that they felt so strongly about Princess Diana. I agree. Told you. you. I cried reading the Wikipedia page. Um, but we're not going to go out like that. We're not no. going to go out on death. We're going to go out the weird way. The weird way. As the it woes. should be. The woes. Okay. This is a hodgepodge of stuff. I'm just going to say it yep. first and this foremost. This is a hot mess. This is a hot mess. Weird things happening. Mostly pop culture stuff. Not a ton of TV stuff. But there's, there's, some, there's a decent yeah, amount there's of TV. in there. Do you want to start? Okay. I think we should start with probably one of the most bizarre things. Super bizarre. In 1997. Dolly the Sheep. Mm-hmm. So Dolly was technically born in 1996. <laughs> Dolly. But scientists unveiled her to the world of February 97. Do you think they were like, we got to make sure she lives, probably? Yeah. Yeah, because... You don't want to be like, hey, she's born and she dies like two hours later. Immediately. So she was the first mammal cloned from an adult somatic cell using the process of nuclear transfer. Don't ask me how. I was just going to say... I don't know. Are you going to explain nuclear transfer to us? Because I don't know what that means. I got C's in science. (laughs) (laughs) So Dolly was named after Dolly Parton. Did Bless. not know it was because the cell used uh, the from the donor was taken from a memory <laughs> gland. Stop it. That's amazing. I didn't know that Dolly had a, such a sense of humor. Wow. Love that. Okay. She actually lived to be six years old. Oh. She died in De- December, I think. I don't know, of 2003. Oh, she died prematurely. Yes. Why? Uh, um... Some, like, it's kind of a toss-up. Some think it was kind of natural. She developed some diseases. Some mm-hmm. think it was premature aging. Oh. With some weird cloning. I don't know. Some weird sense. <laughs> Something weird in that nuclear transfer. Do we yeah. know, like, why? Oh, yeah, she's stuffed, right? Yeah, she's in Scotland, the National Museum of Scotland. So if you want to see Dolly, hmm. you can. I kind of do. I do. I want to know what else is in this museum also. Right. If yeah. they have Dolly, what else they got? <laughs> it sounds right up your it's alley. It's almost like an oddities museum. <laughs> yeah. I'm listening. Uh, I, I only remember this kind of like a brief Today Show story mm-hmm. as a child. I just remember it came out of nowhere, and then there was a whole big sort of conversation around whether or not we should be cloning stuff. And like, and now <laughs> here we are with Barbara Streisand cloning her, her dogs. Twice. Dolly could not be more relevant and more... Uh, timely. You know what? I don't think the world talked about that enough. About Barbara Streisand's she dogs? She cloned her dog not once but twice. Real has weird. three identical dogs. <laughs> How much money did she spend twice to do this? I, I don't know. Millions. Why was Dolly, like, were they just cloning Dolly to be able to know that they could clone? Is that? I think so. Where, huh? like, the impetus for Dolly? I'm really loving this knowledge about the fact that she was named after Dolly Parton because the cells came from a mammary gland. Like, that's just, that's too much. Genius. That's whoa right there. I love that. <laughs> that's whoa. <laughs> um, I'm very sad, though, because Dolly died on Valentine's Day. Couldn't they have waited, like, a different day to euthanize her? Mm. Why? Oh, she died in February, not December. My yeah. bad. But, like, yeah. why? They euthanized her, so they chose that day. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> give it a different day. Maybe it was, like... You know, they wanted to wrap her in love or something? Yeah. I don't know. But she did die of arthrit- severe arthritis Aww. and progressive lung disease. Oh, Poor Dolly. I know. Do we have to go to Scotland now? Add this to our fangirl world tour. Yeah. 
New Orleans, then Scotland to see Dolly the Sheep. Um, Okay. On a much less sad uh, note, though things were ending, um, in 1997, Bob Saget hosted his final episode of America's Funniest Home Videos, and the entire cast of Full House, minus the Olsen twins, helped him do it. I love that you think this is insane. It was so funny to me because 1997, like, I was like, wasn't this, wasn't he done hosting in, like, 1989? Like, I couldn't believe that he was still hosting. How do you, were you a fan of America's Funniest Videos with Bob Saget? Yeah, we watched it as a family. I hate it. Why? Because Bob Saget era added their own sound effects and talked over all the clips. Whereas Tom Bergeron era... Did not do that. They just let it be. Yeah. They let them breathe. That's what makes it funny. They let those Someone tripping breathe. in the distance in silence is hilarious. I don't need a sound effect over it. I will say, so I was, when I was doing some research on America's Funniest Home Videos, and it was America's t- Funniest Home Videos at yes. the time, um, they only added in that stuff like in later seasons. So first of all, John Ritter was the first choice to host America's Funniest Ooh. Home Videos. Couldn't do it. So then they got Bob Saget. He was also a writer on the show, which I guess. So he was making so much money. So much money. Full House and. Yeah. Um, and so he they, – they added that stuff in, in later seasons. Um, and by 1997, Bob Saget was over it. So I guess the last yeah. two seasons, so eight, 96 and 97, he was like kind of a dick on the show all the time and was like – making really, like, snide comments and remarks about the videos. Like, it was kind of awkward. His stand-up career was coming in. was creeping in, pretty much. And um, so in 97, his contract was up. He decided not to renew. Um, And so the entire cast comes, and they help him, like, award the $100,000 prize because it was the season finale. And then they also had, like, these weird 3D promos. Like, it was a whole hot mess of ABC's self-cross-promotion. It was, like, very, very strange. But so Saget has returned to America's Funniest Videos on two different occasions. So first he did the 20th anniversary special with Tom Bergeron. It's great. Yeah, which aired November 29th, 2009. Um, And then on May 17th, 2015, he made a cameo appearance at the end of Tom Bergeron's final episode. In Disneyland. How long was so Tom Bergeron was on? Tom Bergeron was on over ten years. Yeah. So remember, there was the weird one or two seasons with Daisy, Daisy Fuentes. Fuentes. <laughs> yeah, and that other hosting. Yeah, I don't remember the John Fungelman or like that other. I that don't was know, an awkward. That other time. dude, but he has yet to make an appearance with Alfonso Ribeiro. Mm. I know, um, but so I just thought this to me like was very much family entertainment. Like my family would watch it together every single week. Um, and I just, I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, and it's funny because I think ABC must have been on a roll. Yeah, they were. This year. 97. Some of our other things. Yeah. ABC Disney. Very, so. very much talked about. Yeah, that's a good segue. Do you want to go into your Disney next week? So many segues this week. We're segueing, segueing. <laughs> There's, everything is interconnected in our woes. So a huge episode of television dropped in 1997. And that would be... The puppy show from Ellen. This is the episode where she comes out, and it aired in April thir- April 30th, 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, the title was actually a code name to keep everything under wraps. Nobody yeah. knew what was going on. Do you, but do you know why, too? 
No, go ahead. So, okay. Basically, so Michael Eisner is the president of Disney ABC at the time. This is, like, right around that acquisition period where they, like, Mm -hmm. start to merge. So Ellen, the show, is kind of – it's kind of rudderless. Like, every – Eisner's a little confused or upset with, like, Ellen's not falling into sort of the um, stereotypical – sitcom tropes like we're not seeing her like dating you know awkwardness or like anything like that so he suggests that she should get a puppy (laughs) and so it was like oh well if she's not gonna date anybody like the character should get a puppy and so then that's why they referred to this it's actually two parts why they referred to these episodes as the puppy episodes because they basically were like giving michael eisner shit which i kind of loved and appreciated oprah in these episodes yeah, very serious. She's the <laughs> therapist. She's the therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, she. I watched. I sent it to you. I don't know if you watched it. Yeah. She was recently on Ellen to discuss this episode, mm-hmm. and they talked about the amount of hate mail and death threats that they got. Yeah. Which, just Oprah, just for being in the episode. Yeah. It's crazy. So, um, just a little bit of context. So, essentially, Ellen, her character's name was Ellen Morgan. And there was, like, a producer, and he came on to her, um, and she, like, rejected him. She was like, I'm not going to have, you know, sex with you, whatever. This producer's assistant or, you know, co-producer, who's played by Laura Dern, her name is Susan. Yes. Um, She and Ellen had kind of hit it off, and Ellen ended up running into her, and they were chatting, and Susan tells Ellen that she is gay and she thinks that Ellen might be too. Ellen is very upset by Mm -hmm. this and she's like, what are you talking about? Absolutely not. And so then she resolves to go back and sleep with this producer guy to sort of prove to herself. Very similar to the Will and Grace storyline. Yes. When Will's like, no, I'm not gay. What are you talking about? I'm going to go have sex with Grace. Um, And uh, she's not able to do it. And then she goes to this therapist. The therapist, you know, is asking her, have you ever clicked with anyone? And Ellen says, Susan, Laura Dern's character. All in all, there's then like kind of a meet cute situation at the airport. She thinks Susan's leaving. And in a very, very classic, famous television episode, Ellen inadvertently leans on the PA system to tell <laughs> and is, while she's talking to Susan and says, I'm gay. This is this is so hard, but I I I I think I've realized that I am. I can't even say the word. Why can't I say the word? I mean, why can't I just say... I mean, what is wrong? That why, why do I have to be so ashamed? I mean, why can't I just say the truth? I mean, be who I am. I'm 35 years old. I'm so afraid to tell people. I mean, I just... Susan, I'm gay. And she then essentially tells the entire airport, as well as the world, that she is gay. Um, so this episode drew 42 million viewers and everyone was like, well, shitting on it. But even in, did they know it was coming via promo? Cause it had such a big draw. I, I think people suspected like, you know, things were happening, but mm-hmm. I don't think in any of the promos <laughs> you were seeing. Maybe that it was like I'm Ellen gay. has a secret or something. Yes. And so on sort of a, a shitty note, um, two occasional advertisers, JCPenney and Chrysler, decided not to buy time during this episode. And another sponsor, Wendy's, decided never to advertise on Ellen again, Ugh. which is amazing. But then you think about how far we've come 
in 20 years. Like, we have and we haven't in a lot like of ways. Like Ellen's, like, America's TV darling. Literally America's sweetheart. And, you know, all of these people, I'm sure, are desperate to advertise on her show or, you know, give her money I to give she away. I doesn't want them. I, I know. I, I kind of want to know what her relationship is with these brands now. Um, this... This episode did win Ellen an, an Emmy for Outstanding Writing. She actually wrote both of these um, with another, a, a couple other of people. Um, but then she did not find professional success again until 2003 with her show. I wonder who – was it her idea to have a talk show? Did someone come up to her and say, hey, this is your chance to come back? I'm not sure. I mean – you know, so Finding Nemo helps, right? Yeah. And, you know, but that's just her voice. And that kind of, like, brought her back onto the scene. Laura Dern, same thing, didn't work again for a year and a half after playing Susan. So just for being involved in this episode, like you were saying with Oprah. Uh-huh. She was on that Ellen episode, too. Yeah, got her totally, uh, you know, sort of blackballed in a way. So, again, you're thinking about, like, the progress that we've made versus – how shitty things were even just it's 20 years ago. It's crazy think about Will and Grace started in 97. In 97, 98. And I don't know. I mean, it's all about being gay, but it's men, not women. Uh-huh. So that's a different thing. I will say I do think, and this is maybe controversial, I think people on television are more comfortable with gay men versus lesbian women. And I would agree with that. We've talked about this yeah. like when our mom's episode, like how has there never been an you know, a television series that's two moms that people are... Disney Channel tried, got shut down right. real quick. And it's so interesting that people are still... This is still a little, like, ugh for people. Yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting. Um, it's weird, the Disney connection, because Ellen was ABC, right? Did it air yeah, on ABC? it was on ABC. So mm-hmm. my childhood Disney trips, I remember in MGM Studios, now known as Hollywood Studios, mm-hmm. the bookstore was based on the bookstore in Ellen. Oh, really? It was like a little gift shop bakery situation. Uh-huh. And it actually, it was it's by the book is yes. what it was called. And they ended up closing it soon after all of this just because it was such a big deal. And I'm uh-huh. sure people threw a fit about it. Um, but now it's called The Writer's Stop. Mm. It's still there. And they still have some of the Ellen stuff. Interesting. Like some of the set lights. And I think some of the scripts are still... In the building. Interesting. But then she's also, she had Ellen's Energy Adventure yeah. in Epcot, which recently closed. She had Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Disney's always loved Ellen. I always loved Ellen. Um, also, just as a sort of tandem to this, Ellen Ellen herself came out in Time Magazine on in the April 14th edition. So I don't understand, I don't know necessarily, like, had she... So that came out April 14th. This episode airs April 30th. So I don't know if there was like a two-week period where people then were just waiting to your point oh, about that like, makes sense is then. she going to come out? Like, so many people watched. Right. And I don't know if if she had sort of dropped hints in the article. I need to go back and read it and stuff. But, I mean, that's a very famous time cover too because all it just says is, yep, I'm gay. And like it's just her <laughs> smiling and it's, it's genius. It's the simplicity of it, it is genius. But – yeah, it's amazing how controversial it was. And then when you look at her now and she's so beloved and she, I mean, she is a pioneer in a lot of ways and yeah. really took a risk with her career. And fortunately, it worked out for her. But there was a long period of time where it didn't look like it was going to. Um, okay. Whew. What else? 
Um, let's just keep my Disney train rolling. Your Disney life. So this... Is this her Disney episode? It's just weird Disney <laughs> oh, shit. If we could always have a Disney episode. That'd be great. 1997 was my second trip to Disney World. This is not the trip you threw up in the car? Right. Okay. <laughs> Out of excitement. Story, I threw up 45 minutes into our two-day two drive. Because you were so excited. so excited. Um, so this is my second trip to Disney World. It's also the 25th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So this, Big deal. this meant that they needed to do something special. Yeah. And what did they do? They turned the castle into a giant cake. What? It was disgusting. What do you mean? Some people hated it. I, looking back on it, I hate it now, uh-huh. but I think at the time I thought it was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so to commemorate the anniversary, they changed the front of Cinderella Castle into an 18-story birthday cake. Okay. It was basically covered in pink frosting oh God. with candles, and it was there for 15 months. Wow. So if you were taking your first trip, maybe your only trip yeah. during this time, you didn't get to see the castle. You saw this cake. <laughs> For a, a there year. There was 25 candles on the front. Yeah. Um, it, w- it took more than 400 gallons of paint to cover it. Oh, my God. The, there were 26 candles that were 20 to 40 feet tall. Oh, my God. Um, 16 two-foot-long candy stars, candy bears, stacks of life So it wasn't savers, even just like lollipops, a tasteful gumballs. cake. It was like a candy no. threw up on this yeah, cake. It was cake. a sugar high. <laughs> okay. Wow. Gumballs. Lifesavers? What? Yeah. Ew. I'm assuming you're going to post some pictures because, like, oh, I will. the people need to see And this. it's rumored that some people even canceled their Disney weddings until the return of the real castle. I mean, I would. I believe it. Yeah. But uh, Roy E. Disney and Michael Eisner and Hillary Clinton were there to kick off the anniversary festivities at the end of 96. Uh, wow. Love but that. It was, it was a disgusting time. I think... <laughs> Disney Disney makes bad choices sometimes, but it's it also you look at a photo and you think maybe it was more 1994, but it looks very dated. It's huh. very 90s. Interesting. Um, I wonder if this is what led to the very simple and tasteful 2000 that just sat on the Epcot ball oh, for I the millennium. It I was, was there. All, me too. <laughs> um, it was very very simple, very tasteful, and I'm sure because people were like. Whoa, we cannot have another birthday cake incident where we just barf all over our, like, most beloved icon, and people hate it. Well, Disneyland did Diamond Celebration last year or two years ago, Mm -hmm. where they basically made all of the shingles of the castle very shiny and pretty. And it wasn't, it was very sparkly. It was very pretty for a while. But after a few months, if you're going there a lot you're like i'm tired of this i just want to see the old castle i know i get it and the diamond was the 60th anniversary yeah Yeah, and that was a hundred times better than the cake oh my gosh the cake was a monster (laughs) it was a a monster i did like because there was a lot of like gold there were a lot of shiny things you could buy at disneyland yeah it was all like silver and blue yes it felt very like graduation yeah i kind of liked it i was kind of into it there were like custom ears and stuff i still want those rose gold ears those, Those might are be. hot seller. <laughs> Those They're are, going too hard on the rose gold. Yeah. They need to get over it. I feel like, because oh, it's like millennium. Because they did like a churro, which was good. Yeah. They did a shirt. They did the ears. They're, whatever they can right now, they're doing it. Rose, rose gold. gold. They're just pumping it out. Um, okay, not a segue off of rose gold, but something that brings me a lot of joy <laughs> happened in 1997. <laughs> it's going to be weird when I tell you, but guys... O.J. Simpson was found guilty 
in civil court. All right. All right. We're doing it. We, OJ Jean Benet, well, same year. OJ. We got it. Um, and I just feel like we need to have like an oh, Jean Benet. Like, <gasps> I just did it. We're making shirts. Yep. Shit, we're making shirts. Um, okay, so February 4th, 1997, O.J. Simpson is held liable in civil court for the murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. Now, it's a little bit different. I was reading even about how... Uh, civil court and criminal court works. Like in a criminal court, you have to be found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. You don't have that level, like burden of proof in a civil court. There's a lot of nuances that make it much easier to convict someone in civil court. But this very rarely happens where someone is essentially convicted of a criminal co- crime Ooh. in civil court. Um, usually civil court is like, my dog bit you or you know what I mean yeah. it's like very like it's much much smaller it's like a tame judge judy yes precisely so he was ordered to pay 33.5 million dollars in damages between the two families he did not have 33.5 million dollars to pay um mm-hmm. so unfortunately n- really neither of the families has ever received much money from this settlement um so the trials were essentially the same. Like they submitted the same evidence. The the juries heard essentially the same um, stories. The prosecution. Mark Furman was not called as a witness. Wonder okay. why. Um, so we didn't have the distraction circus of that. Um, <laughs> the civil jury deliberated for five days after hearing a month of testimony. As a reminder. The criminal jury deliberated for four, four hours. hours after listening to almost a year of testimony. Uh, how? Right. I mean, they just – they were done. They were done. And this also, too. The criminal – so I, I just, like, copied this block of text because I found it so interesting. The criminal case was tried by a predominantly black jury and conviction required finding that Mr. Simpson committed the June 12, 1994 slings beyond any reasonable doubt. The civil case was tried before a predominantly white jury and a verdict required only 9 of 12 votes, with the basic legal standard being that in all probability Mr. Simpson committed the slings. So there's some new there, like beyond all probability, mm-hmm. beyond a reasonable doubt, you don't need a unanimous verdict. They did actually unanimously decide that he was guilty. But if you remember from uh, The People versus O.J. Simpson, Gil Garcetti made the decision to move the O.J. trial from the West Side, where the murders were convicted, to downtown yes. because he thought he was going to get a better jury pool with like a more a larger black um, population to pull from mm-hmm. that proved to be exactly the opposite. Now, so the civil trial was actually um, just a couple blocks away here in Ooh. Santa Monica, and so you had a predominantly white jury pool and uh, real well, real quick conviction. Um, but so then, if you've seen um, OJ Made in America, the documentary, I still haven't. You gotta I watch need to. when he ultimately gets convicted of um, kidnapping and, um, like, armed robbery in Las Vegas, which he's now free of, the judge gives him 33 and a half years, and most people believe it's directly tied to this $33.5 million in damages, then she just was like, oh, hell no. I'm going to give you the maximum sentence, and it, like, worked out that it aligns with Mm. what he owes. What's he doing right now? (sighs) Probably being a creep. 
Probably I imagine he's just like sitting laughing to himself. Smoking which I a don't cigar. Like. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I know. Like he's like he feels validated, vindicated. Uh, hate all of those things. Um, all right. We got one more weird, weird thing. And it's a big one. It's a big one. It's a great one. It's I like a, it. it's a fascinating story. Yeah. Obsessed with it. Are you? Did yeah. you listen to the whole podcast? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so there is a podcast about it. I wrote it down so I can talk about it later. But on March 26th, 1997, police discovered the bodies of 39 members of Heaven's Gate who had participated in a mass suicide in order to reach what they believed was an extraterrestrial spacecraft mm-hmm. following a comet Hale-Bopp. Now, a lot of people confuse this. They think it was Haley's comet. It's not. Yeah. It's the Hale-Bopp always, comet. Before I really read about this cult, I thought Hale-Bopp was a f- made-up thing <laughs> because it sounds like like a fake I don't know, leader or something a cult would yeah. praise. Or like a it Hanson doesn't sound song. real. Yeah. Hail Bob. Hail Bob. Hail Bob. 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 We, shit. Oh, God. I love that. We're just doing it today. <laughs> um, all right. So what's the deal with the Heaven's Gate cult? Oh, there's so much. There's such a deal. So it really started in the mid-70s. Yes. With these two people, Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Lou Nettles. And they... First, they started a New Age bookstore, and it closed shortly after, and then they just kind of (laughs) – I know it's one of your favorite parts, but they thought they were – they were hot stuff. Yeah. Basically. Uh They were – they traveled, they camped, and then they basically decided they were the two witnesses mentioned in the Book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. They thought – well, and there was, like, definitely some belief that Marshall was a reincarnated Jesus, too. There's a lot – of biblical uh, illusion. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they basically believed in, like, biblical prophecy and that they were here to reenact them or to bring them to life. Mm-hmm. Like, they they got real <laughs> – didn't they meet while he was in a mental institution and she was the nurse there? Yeah, she was a nurse but also really into what was, like, astrology. yeah. I don't and know. It feels like they needed bonded a, a, over that. A better background check at this mental hospital yeah. where, where so, he was. So, you know, from 70s, 80s, he's, like, writing these statements, like, what they believe, what what's yeah. going to happen. And they do build a following. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's, like, about 200 people. It falls apart, kind of. And then they keep going. Bonnie Lunettles dies at some point. I don't want to spoil it if you listen to the podcast because it's very good. But then Marshall Applewhite... Goes a little power hungry. Yeah. Then things crazy. get real yeah. intense. So he still has cult members. They're still together. They end up in a mansion together. And they're basically waiting for this comet to, to come. Right. Because that's their signal. Yes. That they need to go back to their – and the spacecraft will rescue them, whatever. Yes. So in – they go – where is it? San Diego? San, San Diego. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're in San Diego. They – 1997, they, like, prep for this event. They all make exit statements. You can watch them on YouTube. I have watched them. It's very bizarre because they're very happy with so what happy. they're doing. They mm-hmm. really, really believe it. And they, you know, they prep. They get sweatsuits. They get Nikes, which is, like, what they're famous yes. for, Poor Nike. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And – what is what night? I don't know. 
that over time, like, they start killing themselves with a, like, it's like poison and applesauce. four nights before, maybe, I think. But it's, like, in small groups. Yes. So they're not doing it all at once. Yes. And, um... Oh, yeah, so 15 at a time. Yep. And then the remaining nine did it, and March 20, 26th is when they're discovered. Yes. yes that's, yeah, so the sorry. 23rd, 15 people initially commit suicide with the phenobarbital and the applesauce and a shot of vodka. Love that shot of vodka. Yeah, not, just not really necessary. go for it. Gross. And then some of them also put the plastic bags over their heads to assist in the process, right? Yeah. And then again, the 14th, again, the 15th. Um, and the last two people, like, dispose of other people's plastic bags. Yeah. Like, what a There mind are fuck. surviving members. Some people were left behind on purpose. Mm-hmm. There's someone that still runs the website. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, and it's not really been updated since 1997. Yeah. Highly recommend. I've been to it several times. Um, but so they wore black and white Nike Decades, mm-hmm. which is now discontinued, worth thousands of dollars right. if you can find them on eBay. Um, I saw a pair yesterday when I was doing research, and it, they were about $2,000, but they weren't black and white. Oh. They were, so they're not worth as much. <laughs> um, so this kind of took the country by storm. Right. Unfortunately, Saturday Night Live did a very tasteless mm. sketch about it, like a cr- Nike commercial with yeah. Just Do It. But also it's kind of funny. Like it's not – it was too soon. It was too soon. Way too soon. Like if you did it now, it would be like maybe kind of funny because it's It'd 20 be like years later. It would be very dark humor but yeah. like kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the story about the shoes is they were just looking for good shoes and they got a good deal to get 40 <laughs> pairs of shoes. It wasn't like this is the shoe or we're – Oh, they were making art. a message to Nike. Totally. It's interesting. that So they were discontinued, but they were still in production. So yes. like they weren't making anymore. So that's probably why they got that hot deal on the 40 pairs of shoes. Yeah, that's all shoes. they wanted was just comfortable shoes to wow. die in. Um, but the website still exists. And the the podcast that I think everyone should listen to is a Stitcher podcast called Heaven's Gate. And it's um, hosted by Glenn Washington. He does stuff on NPR. Oh, okay. Um, and he was kind of not in a super cult, but he was in kind of a very religious, culty oh, like right. thing growing up mm-hmm. as well. So one of the episodes, he talks about his experience. It's a really good podcast. That's my – and I think I said this with Wild Wild Country. I am fascinated by children who grow up in cults. And so knowing that this guy also grew up in a cult just adds that extra layer Oh yeah, of And interest. to really bum you out, they talk to family members. Oh, yeah. Um, not great. But you said a lot of these people, a lot of the family members will watch the YouTube testimonials or videos because... There was one, yeah. Because they're like, oh, but they were so happy. It kind of almost brings them peace a yeah, little bit because they can To know see. they were happy and that's kind of what they wanted, I right. guess. Um, yeah, it's a little rough, especially some of them in the earlier times, like they would go to classes and learn how to get their kids out of cults if, in case they called. And oh like gosh. one day it did happen and they tried to keep their son or daughter on the phone for as long as they could and like just talking about family and it didn't work it's yeah it's terrible heartbreaking so yeah that was i mean it was a huge story and they were like in bunk beds i remember apparently my dad says i was scared every time they showed marshall applewhite on television have no memory of this well and he also there were a lot of like gay rumors about him. He actually got fired from his yeah. teaching job for maybe having a real gay relationship. I don't know. Um, There's a lot of, like, homosexual um, undertones in this, like, the entire, like, cult story. Ah, interesting. 
interesting. Again, only 20 years ago. We've made a lot of progress. Yeah. Still need to make some more. Crazy. What cults are secretly happening right now? <gasps> oh, my God. Love we that. We don't even know. Um, also, just like as kind of a fun aside, guys, this is the year on Wheel of Fortune that we went to a digital board. And we no longer really needed Vanna, Vanna White. Vanna White didn't have to work ever again. No. She just touched things. She, she pretends to touch things <laughs> and wears a different different gown every day. My family Never worn the same one twice. My family and I used to guess the color. Like we would have like a family bet every night. They'd be like, what color is Vanna's dress going to be tonight? Oh, that's fun. It's kind of fun. Also a huge thing. Yeah. I I don't know why we didn't make this a hot point because I feel like it's very important. This is the year of Mike Tyson. Like biting off year. Evander Holyfield's year. No one ever thought of Mike Tyson the same. Nope. After 1997. Never. Because he literally bit He's someone's an ear off. Ear biter. Ear biter. Like, gross. What? Why is that even your move? Why would you even think to do that? The anger inside you to do that. And the jaw strength. Oh, gross. Ew. Imagine someone biting your ear. Owie. No. No, thank you. It's just like cartilage. Ugh. We're both touching our ear right now. It's not. <laughs> it's very upsetting. Thinking about it. So, guys, 97 was a time. What a year. What a year. I, I really enjoyed the series. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Thank you for indulging me yeah. and allowing us. We'll do another year to someday. do this. Yeah, we got to find it. But we have to find another year that lives up to 97. Honestly, not every year I is feel like, like 95 through 2000 are just solid. Solid crazies. Yep. Hmm, interesting. Solid we, gold. We can, do some, we can do some research. So, guys, we want to hear your thoughts. What was going on with you in 97? Yeah. Were you into the Heaven's Gate cult? Uh, did you have Nike decades? Yeah. Tell us about it. Dig into your diaries. And <gasps> oh, my God. Please. Just read us your diaries. That I'm into that. That would be amazing. You can email us at hellofangirls at gmail.com with your diary entries. Or you can find us on social. Uh, let's see. Fangirl Fridays podcast Instagram. Mm-hmm. FGF podcast Twitter. Mm-hmm. Facebook. Fangirl Fridays. Yeah. We're there. We're there, guys. Find us. You can find us. And we'll be selling our OJ shirts on our, on our Fangirl Fridays merch store. It will just be OJ in a blonde wig. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. No one. Wait, we have to make these before this episode drops so no one steals our idea. Oh, there's no time. <laughs> there's okay. no time. We need to know the demand. If you want us to make those shirts, we will do it. If one of you says they want a <laughs> yep, shirt. We only need one. We only need one because we want them. So that's three. All right, guys. So until next Friday. Bye. bye.